Now, I knew this documentary existed, but before I knew this documentary, I knew it existed when it came out, uh, right when it came out. But I didn't know who Diego Maradona was at all. Um, and he died recently. So uh, as what happens when I think a lot of people die, you uh, some who didn't really hear of a person who died gets kind of interested. So... Um, so I'm watching the uh, Diego Maradona documentary that's on HBO. So I'm going to watch that for the first time. And while I watch it, I will be reviewing it in real time. So it's a commentary, but um, I'm only going to record the places where I talk. I'm not going to have like, you know, just dead air while I, while I watch it. So I'll just hit record when I have a thought. And then you will hear that thought in real time. How exciting. It just started and it's like very 80s soundtrack at the very beginning. And this documentary was was made before Maradona died. And um, it's the first clip of Pele up there. And I know who Pele is. I'm not a soccer fan at all. I really don't know that much about it. I've, you know, I know about the World Cup and that's about it. Um but I knew about Pele growing up because he was in the movie Victory with Sylvester Stallone and Michael Caine, and he had a bicycle kick. And I thought the, and I thought the bicycle kick was the coolest thing ever. And that's my, uh, my Pele knowledge. So I am really going into this as just not really knowing anything about soccer um, at all. But, you know, just from, from Maradona and, again... Before he died, when the documentary came out, I knew he was a big deal, but, you know, still didn't know uh, anything about him. And what I know uh, since his death, what I've read about is just he he just transcended the sport. He was one of these transcendent figures, kind of like, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see if he's like an Ali or a Michael Jordan. I I would, you know, uh, maybe not an Ali. Uh, I don't know if he was into social justice like Ali was. But I would imagine like a Michael Jordan, somebody who transcended the sport. So we'll see. Wow, that was just a brutal knee to the head by Maradona in that fight. Oh, my God, that was just vicious. And he just said, when you're on the pitch, life goes away. And that's one of the enduring qualities about sports and, you know, about uh, arts. You know, if, if you know, I, I guess there, there is an art to sport uh, as well as competition but I think what sports and art uh, share is where you can lose yourself in it, where it becomes meditative in a way where all you have is that moment because you're so fixated on accomplishing what you need to accomplish. So if it's soccer, it's scoring goal. So yeah, life does go away for those moments because you're so focused and that's, and that's good for, you know, for your, your mental health. Which is why could be, you know, if, if musicians lose the ability to play an instrument or if athletes uh, can no longer play their sport, at least at that level, they can lose part of their identity, which could, you know, lead to depression, which could lead to uh, uh, different destructive coping mechanisms because that part of themselves is, is not something they can do, at least at that, uh, at that higher level. Now I don't know if Diego Maradona, after he, after he stopped playing, uh, fell into that uh, 
kind of thing. I, I believe he did have substance abuse issues, um, but I don't know why. Uh, not yet, anyway. I'm still very, very early in this documentary. So he's in Naples and in, in Napoli, and uh, just, whoa, just what rock star treatment. It's like from just the press conference, and now we just walked into the stadium and just receiving an ovation that uh, I'm used to uh, to rock stars seeing. So obviously he lived up to, that must have been tremendous pressure. <clears throat> and obviously he lived up to that pressure. Uh, but let's see how he coped with it or if that pressure was even a factor. I don't know if it was. I'm only 10 minutes in. And these soccer crowds are just so wild, you know, just, just the chanting is just, is just unreal, and I can't imagine being a player and just, it, or maybe you know, imagining if, if that even affects them, or if, or if the players hear that, or if it motivates them. It's just, it's so much, so much. So Napoli is doing terrible right now. I don't think they haven't won a game. It's they're like zero and four, <laughs> and now Maradona just like the kicks are brutal. Like you can hear them, and then they fall down. Like like soccer, you know on the surface doesn't seem like, you know, that rough of a sport because, <clears throat> you know, you would think, oh, you're kicking a ball and you're running, but oh my God, like the shots that they're taking, not to mention the damage that they must take when they head that ball and it's kicked so fast and not to mention all the running and the cardiovascular stuff and just the kicks and the and to the leg and then you're breaking ankles and you're hitting your head when you're falling down, not to mention again the pressure from the crowd and just how people take it so seriously. Um, my, my mother's from, from Italy and obviously my, my grandparents are there and, and my grandfather was told by his doctor, he had to stop watching soccer or in Italy, known as, as football, uh, had, had to stop watching it because he had a heart problem. So his doctor said, if you keep watching, you're going to die of a heart attack. So that's how passionate Italian soccer fans are. Not just Italian soccer fans, but it seems that, you know, soccer fans uh, anywhere outside of America are so passionate. Now, now I think there are American soccer fans with each niche, but but soccer isn't, I don't think, unless, unless, the, unless when the World Cup comes here, I mean, it's not at the level as, say, a baseball, football, or, uh, or basketball, or hockey, um, at least not yet. So it seems Maradona was a very cerebral player where he didn't have the the most natural talents, but he used his brain. And he, and he talked about how going to play in Italy, he had to refine his techniques, which um, it seems like it took a little while just to get his groove going. But obviously, uh, he developed a, a big groove. You know, I'm still in like, you know, the very early stages of his uh, career starting in, uh, in Napoli. And I just saw the clip where it said, you know, they just the uh, people of Napoli just, uh, you know, lived to see how Napoli would play on Sunday. And, you know, I, I, I don't think that's completely true. There is care for, you know, family <coughs> and quality of life. But... Um, there is there is some truth to the, the passion of of sports fans and the psychology of that is 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 projection where people see themselves in the teams who they feel represent them and and players as well. So when the players win, the fans feel like 
they have won. Regardless of what's going on in their own, own life, for that moment, they feel victory as well, even though they didn't play the sport. They had no hands in it. You know, they were they were just cheering. And the the psychology with that is sometimes you'll hear people saying, you know, when they talk about a sports team, they'll say, well, well, we won the game. We won the game. But then sometimes when that team loses, the fan will say, well, oh, they lost that game because they want to associate themselves with that, which is why, you know, sometimes when teams win, it's just this huge amount of elation because they feel they won. But when, when they lose, it's a huge amount of sadness, even though you know, unless they're gambling, there's really no it doesn't make or break their lives except in in an emotional sense and that really has to do with you know projection and 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 uh having the team or maybe in in maradona's place uh in maradona's case you know maradona representing the fan and the fan feeling that way so maradona's success would be would be the fan success so so I, i'm guessing as good as he got and as great as he was, he just became more loved because of that, because of that feeling of, of victory that that Maradona uh, uh, gave to the fans, uh, for for lack of a better word. So uh, Maradona had to create the the Maradona uh, persona. So so you know it was Gabriel who was it, this it, uh, Gabriel Maradona's personal trainer said that you know. I would walk to the, I would go to the end of the earth for Gabriel because Gabriel is this sweet guy, a very nice guy. <clears throat> Maradona was the persona he had to create to to deal with the pressures of the sports, the the media. So that was almost his, his coping mechanism. But the personal trainer said, I wouldn't take one step for Maradona. And then uh, Gabriel said that, well, you know, if it wasn't for Maradona, I would, I, I, I wouldn't get out. Of, of where I uh, of where I came from, which is now we're gonna learn uh, where he came from and it's almost like the hero's journey you know growing up in I would imagine a, a very oppressive environment and just trying to get out you know to to be the hero and as a way out of where he grew up he you know he just played soccer and the talent was uh, discovered at such a young age and by the time he was 15, you know his the, the he his parents you know got a house his family got a house they grew up in in, in terrible conditions and and now they're living in in a house so what what a burden what what a what a what pressure for a uh, a fifteen year old no less uh, you know it's it's enough pressure for an adult but for a fifteen year old my my god um, and he did say though that that soccer was his salvation so his environment created that desire to get out. And that out was soccer, and soccer was also an escape for him. So it's soccer served so many things uh, for Maradona um, in that it, it helped him uh, achieve success and to 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 get out of uh, you know the the conditions in uh, the very terrible conditions in which uh, that that he grew up in. My God, these soccer chants from the Juventus! Jeez, that's very mean. God. And like just these crowds and they're lighting these torches and in the stands. Jeez. Yeah, and, and the 
the fact that this Italian crowd uh, was so racist that that just fueled Maradona to to win to you know to show those racists, and now just hearing that you know he he caused such an excitement that that you know like like rock stars uh, people would faint from the excitement and have heart attacks. So then you know I think of my grandfather and enter Kamora. The organized crime that's offering uh, Maradona protection in Italy. So that just happened. Oh, I can't. Wherever this is going, it's probably not going to be good. And Maradona seems to speak uh, really good, if not fluent, Italian, uh, along with um, Spanish. Um, And I'm very much envious of anyone who could speak uh, multiple languages fluently. And now Napoli in the second season went from like eighth to third. And now his personal trainer said striving for the World Cup. So this is, you know, almost like a movie, you know, starting from the bottom and then working your way up. So there's probably like, you know, uh, a rise, a fall, and maybe there's another rise. Who knows? We'll see. Now, I read about the, the handball uh, when Argentina against England into the goal, and, and this is where I think, you know, this projection comes in uh, to, 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 to uh, an event, uh, an occurrence like war. So the Falklands War happened four years earlier. Argentina was basically just slaughtered by by England at the end of the war and uh, Maradona saw this as a symbolic revenge uh, against um, against England and, and you saw that the English fans you know uh, still representing England and, and showing just great anger uh, towards the uh, Argentinians well now whether it's just because they were uh, passionate soccer fans and didn't really know about the Falklands War or um, maybe it was a little bit of both. Who knows what what some of those those mean English fans were were thinking? But but Maradona himself uh, said that this this was a uh, a personal thing to him um, because he was affected by the uh, by the Falklands War. I would imagine um, all Argentinians at the time were. So that the whole country is a clenched fist, shouting for Argentina, and like, what what a, what an incredible sportscaster! Oh my God, what a call! And just just the praise he's 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 putting on top of Maradona is just is just I I know it's genuine. It's just so much of it, like all this praise and the way he's saying it uh, with with such passion, and 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 I would imagine. Um, you know, it's that projection again, you know, like this is a symbolic revenge against England. And, and what a goal that was. I, I only saw that goal today, you know, because someone posted you know, on Twitter about like one of the best goals ever in soccer. So when I hear one of the best goals ever, I'm like, OK, cool. Let me look at it. And yeah, it was cool just how, how he ran and, and, and faked the people out. And he basically handled it by himself. And then he scored that goal and then the reaction and then. Plus that call by the sportscaster, it's like for someone who's not even a big fan of sports and especially soccer, it's just like it's really, uh, really inspiring and uh, and very cool to uh, to see. It's something you, you can watch over and over and over again and not really get tired of it. 
And we're at the FIFA World Cup final. Argentina versus West Germany goes to show you. Uh, before Germany was uh, was reunited, the West side was uh, the side of uh, democracy. Um, and, and that all being said, oh, my God, that crowd and the energy. I wonder... You know how much that affects a player, uh, whether positive or uh, negative. And you can tell Maradona right before the game starts just the intensity that he's feeling, like whether it's nerves or you know the uh, feeling anxious because he wants to get going. Maybe a little bit of both. Uh, again, the uh, the adrenaline and the excitement you can just see it on his face. And West Germany ties it up. I've no, <laughs> I don't even know who wins this game. So I'm kind of. I'm kind of excited. Uh, I, I, I guess if there's a 2 nothing deficit in soccer, that's hard to kind of come back. But uh, apparently West Germany is doing that. Whatever will happen next. And you can just see how, how personally... Uh, all the players take it. Maradona's just saying, I was dead. I was uh, exhausted. And again, you can see it on his face, the physical exhaustion. And I would imagine the uh, the mental exhaustion, too, of, of, of winning this game, being at the, the height of excitement. And then all of a sudden, now it's, now it's tied and uh, dangerously close to not getting the outcome one wants. All right, Argentina just took the lead, three to two, after the genius pass from Maradona. Uh, the announcer is Maradona's uh, biggest fan, but the goal was by Baruchaga, I believe. Oh, and the game is over. Argentina wins. So that must have been uh, a clutch goal. And now the uh, the chaos and, and celebration begins. So this, I'm guessing, is the, uh, you know, possibly the peak of, of Maradona's uh, rise. Well, maybe not. Um, maybe he has uh, uh, more peaks to uh, to reach. You know, it just goes to show, I, I am, when I, when I was younger, I was really into sports um, where it could af- affect my day. And then as I got older, I kind of... I, I guess I just let that go to where I was like, all right, well, you know, it would be cool if this sports team wins, but if, you know, if they lose, it's not going to, you know, it'd be a bummer, I guess, but it's not going to affect me. But it just, it goes to show the psychological effect that, that sports has on, on, on many people for, for so many different reasons, whether it's, um, you know, representation of them winning, uh, whether it's a projection of, of them winning. So if their sports team wins, that means they win in life, even if their life isn't what they want it to be. Um, um, but then also with 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 Maradona and, and Argentina and there there is a geopolitical bent to sports and, and this you know and and you know, I, I think of Muhammad Ali where it was a, a, a wealth of politics um, in Ali whether he fought and then he became the avatar of those people he you know uh, whether he wanted or not who he represented so so there there was all this going on. As well as just competitiveness, um, people being uh, natural competitors, wanting to win, the drive to win. So it's like the human condition, all in sports. And again, though, I you know whether or not a team wins, 
it doesn't affect, at least in, in the tangible sense, you know, it doesn't raise someone's salary. I mean, unless they bet on it, then, then I can see. That's another issue. Um, but it doesn't, you know, increase their wages. It doesn't give them a raise at work. It doesn't give them extra food. It doesn't, you know, house them for free for a year. You know, those, those, those come for with, with, with policy. Um, so sports don't do that, but it's, it seems to be a replacement for the things that don't. And just the absolute joy, I, I believe that's Maradona's uh, family, um, you know, what it brings them, uh, the, the pride of, of what their son may, may, may represent, just the pinnacle of achieving, like being the top of, of something that you've been, that you've been doing the, the whole life, you know, um, it, it inspires, it, it uh, inspires other people and it, I w- would imagine inspires the, the competitors themselves. I mean, regardless of where people are in, in life, um, it inspires them to, to move forward. You know, if Maradona can do it, uh, you know, face with these insurmountable odds or, or any sports figure, um, you know, that means uh, I can do it too. I wonder what pancake means, uh, you know, in, in the sense of, of, uh, of being an insult. So Maradona visibly looks scared being, you know, led through the crowd. Uh, either that or he might be drunk or might be hungover, but, but still it looks like hanging on to that trophy. It's, it's a fear of being, you know, admired to death and, and, and crushed by the crowd. It's just it, what pandemonium and, and, and chaos. Oh, my God. <laughs> look, at, look at that crowd. Whoa. Absolutely just, just you know, enthralled in, in, in happiness, you know, and we see it all over, you know, in, in New York, it's the ticker tape parades for New York teams that win, you know, it's just, it's just there, you know, it's just the sports as a representation of, of, of ourselves, of, of victory within ourselves, you know, that, that, that's, that's what I see anyway, that, and, you know, just being a fan of the game. And then it sports as a vehicle for Maradona to accomplish his goals, to buy his parents things, especially coming from where he's coming from. Uh, it, it is it is it is a world changer for him. And then you know, I'm sure it's you know he bringing a lot of money, a lot of attention, a lot of publicity, uh, and a lot of happiness. You know, it said Argentina celebrating their savior. You know, so so again, uh, someone who can who can lift them up uh, psychologically, spiritually. You know, savior has spiritual connotations to it. Someone who can who can bring them out of whatever whatever they're feeling. And then comes the the darker side of celebrity, the the gossip. Uh, is he the father of of this of this baby? Um, so with you know extreme adulation comes you know extreme uh, living under a microscope and extreme attention. So you may get attention from you know the the good things you do and the inspiring things you do, um, and then you just get attention from uh, you know not necessarily the bad things you do, but yeah, the, the, just just. Everything, everything that you do, everything that you do is just is just dissected, and that is, and that is a lot. That is a lot of pressure. And then you know comes the the repercussions of you know whether or not something is true. It's the repercussions of all of this attention on people in, in Maradona's life. 
I want to play football in peace, and that may be all he wants, you know, and maybe without this attention. You know, I'm sure he enjoys the some of the, the, the benefits of the attention, but obviously he's not enjoying uh, the other aspects of it. And this is the, the further rise of, uh, of Napoli, um, where someone like Maradona can, can really lift the team up and, uh, and really help them improve uh, to where I would imagine, you know, it looks like they're, oh, it looks like they're 16. I guess that's first place. And it looks so 1986, 1987. Uh, it's just they're starting their, uh, uh, their rise. So now Napoli is at the, the top of the league, and, uh, and I would imagine uh, with uh, a huge amount of credit goes to, uh, to, to Maradona and, and what he does to the team and how he inspires them and, and, and all that. And comes back home and is celebrating, and it looks like uh, uh, his, his child, and I don't know if he's seeing his, his daughter for the first time. Um, I don't know, maybe. But, you know, what a very touching moment. And the, uh, the winning and, and victories uh, commence. So now the league championships. And, man, that stadium is gigantic. It's 1987. I don't know where they are. I guess it's in Napoli, but, but here we go. You know, it's so fascinating because usually people are fans of teams, you know, because they were... They were just brought up there, and they were raised watching it. And it's just, you know, similar to, you know, it's just groups. It's it's tribal. It's it's flags. It's symbols. It's shirts. It's it's showing them this is where I'm from, and 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 in bigger in in a bigger aspect, this is who I am. Uh, so if you defeat, if I if this team gets defeated, who I am is defeated and it's just you know so woven into the culture and just how how people are uh personally okay so sao paulo and that's uh brazil and oh my god like all those flags uh so i guess this is the the league championship the the stakes are high and um is napoli playing brazil or sao paulo who are they playing Aha, so Napoli won. So they're the champions of Italy, 1986, 1987. Yet another victory and celebration and happiness ensues once more. So still on, uh, still on the, the rise of, uh, of, of Maradona in 1987. So the, the victory in, in Napoli um, is, I get maybe a little bittersweet because it seems like he wanted to, to win it um, in his home, but, but now he considers uh, Napoli his home, I guess, for the, the chance that they, they, gave, they gave him. And now he said the doubters have to believe that I was the best. So there is validation. There is, there is proof. There is, is him showing everyone, see, this is what I've been saying this whole time. And, and now, now, it's, now, I, now I get to, you know, gloat a little bit. And now it's, and now it's celebrating. You can't take that away. It's like the, like the Beatles. Just people going, just abs- absolute joy and uh and celebration oh my celebrations for two months this just reminds me of my grandfather i would hear stories about how he uh he had his on doctor's orders he was told to stop watching soccer uh because of a heart condition i can see why and my my grandfather is from Italy. 
the social redemption. So it goes to show if your team wins a sport, your entire city can be redeemed. That's how ingrained uh, a game is with with the city and and with the culture. Oh, and now comes you know the possible toxic side of fandom where people just aren't leaving you. <clears throat> people just aren't leaving you alone. You know he may just want to spend time with his family inside. And he became a god. And that that goes back to uh, the savior comment that was uh, that was said maybe 10, 15 minutes ago. I mean, they're literally saying it. He's just, you know, more than more than God to them, you know. And when you give someone God status, they they can't do anything wrong because God is perfect. So what, you know, what what a bar, what a really high bar. You know, I'm putting pictures of him next to saints and calling him saints and just going into this, going into this frenzy over, you know, a man who plays a game. And now this is the trappings of frame, uh, trappings of fame, where he uh, literally can't leave the house with, without getting mobbed, cannot live his life without being surrounded. And and this just reminds me, because we are in a pandemic, how um, I've been hearing from more than one major celebrity uh, in, in interviews how they say, you know, another benefit of wearing a mask aside from keeping, uh, aside from stopping the spread and keeping people safe, you know, and then blocking any particles from, from going. So it's like mask and social distancing and all that. Um, but they say they, the, another benefit, at least for a major celebrity wearing a mask is that people don't recognize them. They, they can go out in the street. Um, and because their face is covered, people don't know who they are. So they can do, you know, the normal things that everyone else does where, uh, whereas before they, they couldn't do it. And, you know, and, and Maradona is, uh, is definitely is definitely trapped, and he was you know you you saw him you know just like other celebrities talking to reporters and saying stay away from my house and you know it, it's just again and and then then the you know it's kind of like paparazzi where, where they paparazzi where they say well I'm just doing my job you know and you need us and you know and then it becomes a, a vicious cycle you know the celebrities you know could use the publicity and and the paparazzi uses the money for the celebrities but you know it's it's the kind of publicity that that the celebrity wants you know I think some celebrities I if not most most, you know, are okay with doing interviews and going on press junkets as tiring and stressful as they can. Uh, at the same time, there are boundaries where it's like, you know, they, they want to enjoy privacy. They want to enjoy a night out at dinner. They want to enjoy their families. And, and those lines are, are blurred. And it's 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 very much a, uh, a tough situation for a celebrity be, to be in, regardless of the amount of money that's made, regardless, regardless of the adulation that that they may have been craving their whole lives, there is a um, definitely a, uh, a sad side to this. And now here comes uh, substance abuse problems that he seems to be having. And now she has pictures of him just drinking and, and, and drunk. You know, so alcohol, uh, cocaine, um, you know, you mix that in with fame and access and the, the kind of lifestyle you live. And then with, with substance abuse, there's a genetic predisposition as well. Um, it creates this terribly toxic atmosphere. And then you mix the substance abuse in with, uh, with the mafia, the, the Camorra, you know, it, it adds another, you know, ingredient to the, uh, to the toxic stew that will, uh, uh, I would imagine greatly affect his life. 
So it's money, drugs, fame, and stuff. Uh, the, the Rolex. And now he's changing. His girlfriend's saying, you know, he's not the the, the Diego that, that she knew. He's 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 changing due to the uh, environmental factors um, in his life. And it goes to show the importance of uh, of environment in, in people's life. How environment can can certainly change people, and not and sometimes not for the better. Sometimes for the better, but sometimes not. I'm seeing the record player and the uh, the VHS the VHS tapes. They look like blank tapes. So I guess he was recording a lot of things. Oh my God, that it really has to hurt with the soccer ball on your head. It's like, oh, I'm doing that all the time. It's just, uh, uh, I, I believe it's connected to, you know, to, to brain damage and CTE. Those multiple, multiple headshots. And they just won the UEFA Cup. Uh, I think it was 1989, and and uh, and more celebrations in in Napoli. So there's a fan. We we are the best. We are on top of the world. Now I would I, I would guess that had Napoli lost, he would he would say, oh well well they lost. Oh, that's so weird. The president of, of Napoli uh, soccer club saying, I did not want to sell Maradona. It it, 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 it like equating him to to a product, uh, a commodity. Uh, that that was that was a very weird statement. I, I hope it. You know, I don't know if it was lost in translation or or not, but uh, it's certainly what the subtitles said, and that uh, makes me uneasy. And now, uh, and now saying, oh well, it's Maradona's fault that he doesn't want to be in Italy. He just wants something less stressful, which is, you know, again, strange. This is somebody who's been playing at such a high level uh, most of his life. And now, you know, Maradona's pushing the the narrative, saying, oh well, you know, he's the boss. If that's what he wants me to do, um, so it, which kind of plays into what what was said before about selling Maradona. Now here comes the uh, the partying while his now two da- daughters uh, stayed with his his wife at home, and here comes the uh, he's at a strip bar and and comes the temptation and I would uh, imagine infidelity. He says starting to cleanse uh, to play on Sunday and and I'm guessing cleansing from all the alcohol, drugs, and, and partying that, that he's been doing. And whether this affects his performance, I don't know. I guess not. I don't know. Looks like they're Napoli's still doing okay. For for now, we'll we'll see where you know, we'll see where all this abuse takes him. You know, and, and it looks like that's the direction the, the documentary is going. It just you know, it shows them Napoli's not Napoli's still winning, but he is just, you know, on a drug and alcohol spiral. Oh, now it looks like he has a son, uh, Diego Jr. And now it looks like his trainer, the cocaine, has him in its grasp. But I said, oh, so Maradona wasn't allowed to show any weakness. Now I wonder if it, you know, if it goes, you know, if it ties to, you know, being a man and, and toxic masculinity and not showing weakness and not showing that you have a problem because weakness, because, you know, having a problem with drugs means that you're weak and you can't be weak because you are a god. Again, what pressure. 
And now with the with the drugs, it's going to be in the papers, and with the drug testing, it's not being so strict, and this adds bad publicity to the team. You know, it becomes political. You know, it's, it's, so the actions of one man is so. Um, you know, it, it it could mean so much for this organization. All the money, all the money, all the people, all the feelings, and I mean, money. It's it's money. So I'm guessing he has peaked, and now this might be the uh, the beginning of the fall. Ew. Oh, it's like a spinal tap or something. Or, oh, maybe, ugh. Or maybe some kind of cortisone shot, or maybe he's having back pain. I don't know. Yeah, that's sciatica and and low back pain. Um, And I'm very much um, from the school that uh, a lot of the time, uh, sciatica and lower back pain has um, an emotional and uh, psychological cause instead of a physical cause. doesn't mean the pain isn't real. The pain is very real. It's just where it's coming from is not from, you know, bending the wrong way or not stretching or even a- athletic activity. It's it's an emotional, it's an emotional cause. And it's usually, you know, repressed anger, rage, sadness. And, you know, looking at his life, it looks like he has a lot, you know, from birth until where he is now, uh, there's uh, a lot to be angry, sad, and enraged about regardless of the amount of money and fame that one has. And now, according to the trainer, you know, people just wanting pieces of him. I'm still watching him getting getting injections in his back, and I'm like, ugh. But yeah, but that's part of, uh, you know, the cost of fame, people uh, trying to take advantage of you. And it's uh, interesting, like, with his kids, his kids are very young then, you know, his kids don't know. His kids don't know anything about him. They don't know that he is considered this god, this incredible soccer player. They just know him as their dad. And they're so young, they're just not even aware of really much of anything at this point. They just know him as uh, as their dad. So I always find that fascinating, you know, especially like with children of, of like really famous uh, celebrities. Just Just know them basically as their dad, especially when they're when they're really young. And now it, it swings back to the, the mafia connection, which is, um, you know, this documentary is well made because it's, it's almost told like a, um, like a story. You know, it, it, it focuses on one thing at the beginning and then it, it may veer into something else and now it's swinging back around to the mafia connections. Meanwhile, the mafia connections were there, you know, this whole time. It's just, you know, they're, they're just revisiting it. And so far with this documentary and there's... You know, I got about you know maybe a half hour or forty minutes left. Yeah, about forty minutes left. Um, I think I think it's well made because I've been watching. You know, there's a, a there's a bunch of documentaries out now that are less documentaries and more infomercials. And I'm not a fan of infomercials. I want to learn something new about uh, someone when there's a documentary, and you can when it's you know when it's something that's sanctioned by the person themselves. Um, that being said, when it's not sanctioned, you tend to learn more because they're not necessarily held back. Now, the downside of those not being sanctioned is that there could be just incredible amounts of misinformation and and lies even put out about the person uh, because the subject isn't involved. However, when the subject is involved, there could also be lies and misinformation. So there is, you know, there's, it's a very fine uh, balance to keep, uh, 
and it's just threading that needle to where it's uh, you know you want a riveting documentary, but you also want a documentary that that you know sticks to as much as of the truth as possible. So it's so we got the mafia is back now, and now it's mafia control via uh, uh, cocaine use. So it, it's just. You know, sometimes uh, you know it's a truth is stranger than stranger than fiction. Provided this is indeed the truth, because I really don't know anything about Maradona uh, with the, you know, aside from this documentary, and just wow, just looking at bringing his kids to uh, this just this wild atmosphere. Uh, yeah, I I guess they're well protected. And then you know. Playing, you know, uh, such a yeah. I didn't realize how high contact um, soccer really is, but you know, was Maradona a target on the playing field? Was someone like, hey, let's go after Maradona because um, because he is the best, and we take out the best, the team will suffer for it. And Napoli wins uh, another championship in 1990, and. the wildness uh, commences, and there is happiness. Bunch of grown men dancing. <laughs> Bunch of grown men dancing with alcohol being thrown around. So uh, it goes to show you: it doesn't matter how old someone is. It's having that that uh, you know childish uh, wonder and 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 spirit of play that is uh, you know that began within childhood and even goes through adulthood, which I think in, in some moments or, you know, a lot of moments, it can be very healthy. You, you want to release that, that spirit of play regardless of your age, you know, provided it's in a safe and appropriate atmosphere. So we're at the World Cup 1. So I guess that's like the big, <laughs> that's like the biggest thing, right? I know the World Cup. La Coppa del Mondo, the cup of the world. I know a little Italian. My mom is from Italy, um, and I never learned it at home, and I wish I did. I, I wanted to be fluent in it. The, the Italian that I do know is from, you know, 7th grade to 12th grade, which by then is, you know, hard. It, it's harder to sink in, you know. So I just, I only wish I, uh, I was taught from birth so I can be fluent in something. Plus, Italian is such a beautiful language. It's such it's such a, a musical-sounding uh, language to me, um, as is French. So it's like Italian and French are probably my two favorite languages to uh, to listen to. And then seeing, like, the late 80s, early 90s styles, like Maradona had somewhat of a mullet. Now he has, like, a little bit of a mullet, but, you know, has that, has that earring dangling. Uh, and now, wow, he's really training hard. Look at that. 1990. Oh, and now his hair is uh, completely cut. So it's the, not only the the life of Maradona, but the uh, the the fashion and and style of him as well. I mean, that's not the full attention. That's just something. That's just something I noticed. So so now there's there's a backlash against Maradona now, um, and I, that that happens sometimes with. Um, you know the cost of fame. You know you 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 get so high. You know you 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 know the the celebrity is is at that peak that there's that 
there there could be that uh, that backlash. And there was probably always you know a, a hatred or dis- maybe not hatred but disdain for him because he was so good and he was just you know defeating all the uh, all the other teams. So Argentina and Italy and Naples is a mistake. Uh oh, I wonder what this means. Such a big stadium too. Oh my god. But why wouldn't you want Argentina in Naples? Oh, because I get it. So Argentinians are coming to Naples, and Maradona is from Argentina, and now he's playing for Naples, and it could uh, create a lot of tension. So, uh, okay, we'll see. What a conflict for Maradona. Oh, my God. And now here comes the geopolitical environment. So now he's exploiting the difference differences between northern Italy and southern Italy. And at least from what I know, you know, there is tension between you know the north and the and the south of Italy. You know, so it, so now there there is um, you know just just tension. It, sports are a reflection of that tension, and then the sports it just becomes a circle, and the sports kind of inflame that tension or bring attention to that tension, and then it could, what what could happen right now is just you know a uh, just a just a tinder box waiting to waiting to explode, so we'll see what happens. Wow, so I wonder how much this affects Maradona in his playing. I don't know the results of the game, but does he play? harder because he's against Argentina to overcorrect the fact that he is playing for Italy? Or is there like some unconscious bias where he doesn't play as hard whether he knows it or not? So, uh, okay, so Italy just scored a goal. Looks like it's uh, one to nothing. Oh, wait. Oh, so I'm totally wrong. So Maradona is playing for Argentina um, against Italy. But the tensions are still the same. I don't know. I don't know anything. I guess I, I just, you know, I wasn't paying attention, and that's what happens sometimes when I try and talk while it's on at the same time. But still, the ten, the, the my my um, overall message of tension remains the same. That's how I'm covering myself for that mistake, anyway. So, my very limited understanding of <clears throat> of these kind of I guess penalty kicks is that it's almost a guessing game between the the goalie and the player so the goalie has to guess where the player is going to kick and the player has to guess where the goalie is going to defend um so oh my god what tension i wonder if there's a strategy for that there has to be right a screaming hell in the stadium so now it's these uh, not penalty kicks i guess these individual kicks i guess because it's overtime or something What pressure? Oh, my God. You're, like, playing in front of a billion people. And uh, it's just, you know, it's it's it really boils down to what happens between, you know, those two people, you know, the goalie and the, um, the person the person shooting or the person kick, trying to kick the goal. The guy with the ball. Oh, my God. So Maradona's about to kick and is breaking his bond with Italians. It's like, well, you know, he... For this game, he is for Argentina. So he's gonna... Oh, and he scored. Oh, my God. What does this mean? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. I guess we'll find out. Okay, so this was the penalty kick in Serena and Argentina. Oh, so Argentina. Oh, so this is the World Cup. So I guess if you're part of that team, 
you know, if you if you live in that country, you play for that, or if you're from that country, you play for that country. Um, so I guess that's how it goes. But but regardless, so Argentina wins, and the Italian fans are devastated, which then goes which goes to my larger point of you know when when your team loses, you can you may consider yourself a loser. So the reaction is, oh my god, I am a loser now, and you you see it in their faces. So this seems to be, you know, the peak of his power. Because he played for another team, it seems to be dwindling because now the country of Italy is turning on him and now the backlash begins. I mean, what did they want him to do? I guess not play for Argentina? Or if he played for Argentina, not play his hardest? See, and it's, it's trauma. So the... The uh, Ciro Ferrara, the SSC of Napoli, is you know equating a loss of a game to to trauma. It says I'm still upset with Diego. And this is a government minister talking about again. It's it's you know I guess it's it's dismissing people when I'm saying it's just the game, and apparently it's 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 more than just the game, you know. Uh, and now here comes the, the conspiracy. It's the Machiavelli move, you know. And he's saying, I never wanted to create a fight uh, between Italians and people from Naples. Um, it's, uh, you know, he, I, if, 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 if Maradona didn't play his hardest, he probably would have been criticized for, oh, he threw the game. So he would have gotten, you know, he would have gotten crap from, from the other side. So it's kind of, you know, it's a no-win situation. It's a lot of pressure. I didn't even need the translation to uh, say Marad- Maradona is the is the devil, you know. And now here comes the Italian press really piling on him because he did something quote unquote wrong against Italy, you know. So it goes to show. As much as I want to say it's, you know, I still think it's just a game. Um, I understand though how it's it's treated as you know they're calling him Lucifer now. They're calling him the devil. Because he played for another team and scored a goal on them, um, it just goes to show how intertwined. And I'm going to say this over and over: how intertwined sports is to to uh, to people, you know, and to countries, and to politics, and to you know, it's it's really it could be a reflection of a country at the time or a projection of a country at the time, you know. And at the end of the day, it's not, you know, it's um. I still think it's just a game, <laughs> even though I fully well understand all the ramifications of this, you know, and just part and part of me thinks, look, look, just the tension on his face, you know, and, and part of me thinks that, you know, if we just had, you know, if people had something to live for or if people had something to fight for or if people were, were better taken care of, they wouldn't have this aggression uh, towards uh, a soccer team, you know, and I'm not talking about the the owners of the team or the players of the team when it comes to money and all that. That's you know that's a whole other story. I'm talking about you know the average working class person of a country who puts their self worth uh, into the success uh, of a team. So I think that if people just had their basic needs fulfilled, this would greatly decrease that, that anger and frustration. That's what I think anyway.
Let's try it. Let's just give people their basic needs and let's see what happens. How about that? Wiretapping? Why is there wiretapping? Is it because of the drugs? It's interesting, the translation, they don't translate chow. Because chow means hello or goodbye. And now we're talking about prostitution. So was it a, a sting to bust him on uh, prostitution charges? And the prostitutes work for the Kimura. So, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And so now, now there's like a criminal uh, element to, um, there, there's a crime element to, uh, to this, to the, 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 the drama of, of Maradona. You know, we're in 1991, so I'm so curious, you know, I, I, I know that he died recently, so I'm so curious what his, like, I don't know, maybe last 10 years were like, I want to know what the 2000s are like. All right, so drug trafficking are the charges, and they, uh, you know, it was a, a bust. They wanted to get him for drugs and for requesting uh, sex workers. Or, yeah, possession, possession, and uh, and handling. Okay. Well, not okay, but. And now, just like a movie, this is the beginning of the fall. You know, this is where. You know, the element of crime comes into play. You know, in this, the arrests kind of confirm the, the, the gossip. And now, here comes the stigma about, uh, about his behaviors. So, you know, even if he was considered squeaky clean, um, it, I don't think it, it would have mattered anyway. There would have been something, you know, there would have kept digging or, you know, it, it, even if he was squeaky clean, they probably, probably would have been criticism of, he doesn't come out and what is he doing? And, you know, again, to this type of level of fame, even though there's money and, you know, the money and, and just what people perceive, uh, oh, he's getting at it, whatever he wants and all this admiration, you know, there, like I said, there is a, uh, and, and, uh, and other side to uh, to this kind of thing. Oh, so it's like it's illustrating the irony of the Camorra was associated with Maradona, and that association with Maradona became not good for the mafia because the mafia didn't want to be in the spotlight, and the association with Maradona put them in the spotlight, which uh, I would imagine put them into trouble as as well. You know, and there's a uh, pandemonium, pandemonium uh, ensues. And now it's time for the, for the trial. And apparently it was a nasty trial. So now he's losing his grip. You know, the mental pressure is extreme. And then combine that with, you know, what could be physical dependencies on, on drugs and, and fame is just, uh, you know, uh, so now he's going to jail, I guess, for over a year. Is 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 he going into the the jail now? Oh no, he was going into the stadium, but he said he oof, that was a terrible trip, and he said he's uh going into he's gonna finish the championship first. So we're March seventeenth, nineteen ninety one, Napoli versus Body. Oh, and now anti-doping comes into play, and steroids come into play, and why not put something else on them? Sure, it just it shows how things just the soap opera is getting more like a thriller, and yeah, that's kind of what I said. You know, it just it's just now this is just you know the 
steroids just it just builds upon everything else that's going on in his life uh, as of 1991. And now I wonder <clears throat> if um, if there's going to be well, you know, I guess he had natural talent, but he wasn't really that good, and he needed the the steroids to uh, to really make him as great as he was, which. You know, I don't think that's the case. I'm just curious if that's the uh, the narrative that his opponents want to uh, try to push. Oh, and he just got disqualified, and and then it was said before that was a way for his uh, opponents to kind of to kind of finish him off. And then people coming in, people coming to his defense, and now the fall when he came to Naples. <clears throat> was greeted by 85,000 people and then when he was kicked out or when he when he moved uh, nobody and you can kind of see it on it I mean, you you can see it on his face he looks like he's about to cry you know just the just devastated and now he was arrested again in Argentina and he was under the influence so it's the now is just the fall has begun and now it's just it seems to be uh, accelerating he's just still I mean absolutely mobbed by people and just really nowhere for him to go and he's just you know he said my arms are down my soul yeah he's just he's he's almost broken uh he's just just you could just tell he's not even trying to to hold it in he's just he's devastated he's just crying and he's just so without football there was nothing else for him to do you know football was his identity you know it was who he was so who are you when your identity is taken away like that you're you're devastated and you can clearly see on his face so how does he cope with that you know among other things there's you know the drug use to to take that pain away you know a more healthy coping skill would be you know going to therapy figuring out who you are doing some soul searching you know spending time with family doing other things you know a multitude of things but you know he's just so entrenched in this in this identity it's uh you know it's hard it's hard also 2004 flashing forward so what is he doing in 2005 like i have no idea <laughs> i have no idea I guess we'll find out. Or I'll find out. And it looks like he's walking with a limp right now. I wonder if there's some kind of hip surgery or... Yeah, I don't know. So what did he do? Like, what did he do to make money? It looks like he's going on some talk show and, you know, unless he made so much money he was able to save. So he's in a pigsty. Uh, and some... Dis- oh, okay. All right, so he's in a psychiatric hospital. Uh, so that, there you go. That's how he's getting help. And now it's you know with, with someone who deals with substance abuse. It, now it's it's dealing with the stigma and then dealing with the shame, which which makes it harder to to fight and get over. And that's a um, you know that's it's that's a societal thing. That's a societal thing to. To point to to point their fingers at him and say, "Well, you are a worthless person because you have an addiction," and, and you can tell, and he knows the damage that he's done, uh, and and it just creates this vicious loop. You know, he uses, he does damage, and then he feels terrible, which he could use again. But then, even if he's clean, it's 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 dealing with 
the guilt and, and the shame. And the difference between guilt and shame is that guilt is for something that you've done and shame is for something who you for, for who you are. And shame is so much harder to, to get over than guilt. You know, and, and, and you can see on, on Maradona's face in from this from this interview in two thousand and four. Um, and now that being said, what he has been through I guess in that year, you know, he's quoting his sister as as whatever pigsty he's in, I guess the psychiatric institute, saved his life. So now his sister is saying, you know, from the age of 15, he stopped having a life because, again, that just became, you know, who he was, soccer, and then just all the pressures that that came from being this, this transcendent star. Um, for most of the world, not necessarily America, or at least where I, you know, my surroundings in America. I'm not a big sports fan, and and soccer, at least in America, isn't. I guess it's popular, but not like compared to football, baseball, basketball. So now it's the fall, and now it's you know trying to just stable stabilize himself from that fall, and to see um, where he is from that. And now there's just a montage of him just. You know, throughout his life, and you know the the pain, uh, the pain he's been through, and then it's the difference between Diego and and Maradona, the um, you know the, the the Jekyll and Hyde, I guess, the two sides, the people, the you know the, the person giving the finger to the crowd, and and I guess the, the the person that not too many people know about, maybe the gentle, kind father and 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 friend, rebel, cheat hero and god there you go you know those are the identities that that, that we put upon uh people uh and and that was put upon uh maradona just by <clears throat> by the world <laughs> by society by fans by you know the the business people by the soccer leagues by the institutions you know and you know not necessarily much sympathy when the fall does happen and sometimes not much sympathy during the meteoric rise you know the transcendence of becoming this quote-unquote god and all that survived was the myth yeah and this and this myth you know not necessarily of who he is but the story behind who he is and the stories tend to become more powerful than the actual oh my god look at that mural there's this gigantic mural that's the size of a building it's really well done damn and i guess that's him uh older look i don't know if he's coaching or just playing around on this on this small field you know or maybe it's a camp huh I mean, he looks like he's in pain. You know, he just, he looks like just like this, this waddle. Like, I wonder if there's leg or, 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 you know, or hip problems. Oh, it's, that's it. That's it. You know, I, I, I know, I believe this was made before he died. So I, I, I think I'm more fascinated about just what he was doing between 2004 and, and, um, you know, and, and the day that he died, like, how did he live? What did he do to make money? You know, did he have enough money? What did he do? So I guess I'll have to look that up. Ah, okay. So this is the post-credits. Uh, Diego might have finally acknowledged the truth about... Hang on. I didn't read fast enough. The, the after-credits caught me off guard. Why is there an after-credits anyway? God, just put it... Just uh, before the credits, thirty years ago, the young finally acknowledged the truth about his relationship with Christiana Sinagra. So I guess 
that's his son who he denied? Oh, yeah, okay, yes, Diego Maradona Jr. finally acknowledged uh, that uh, Diego Maradona Jr. is, in fact, his his son. So, very soap opera-like, but, you know, unlike a soap opera, it's, it's real life. So, and that was 2016. Okay. All right, so I'm reading from Encyclopedia Britannica, of all things. It's getting a flashback to... Uh, to my childhood. So it says that uh, internet poll conducted by the Federation Internationale del Football Association named Maradona the top player of the 20th century. So let's see. In 2008, he was named the head coach of the Argentine national team. Then shortly after leading Argentina to the quarterfinals of the 2010 World Cup, he and the country's football governing body cannot agree. And there we go. You know, his uh, fight with 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 the institutions on a contract extension in his tenure as team as head coach ended. So it looks like he had somewhat of a coaching career. Um, and then he was hired to coach the United Arab Emirates in 2011. And then he was fired the following year. You know, it's a struggle. And then he worked for several other clubs. Then he was the coach of Mexico's Doradas de Sinaloa in 2018. So he had, you know, and that makes sense. I'm not surprised, being the the, the player that he was. Uh, of course, why not have a have a coaching job? And it would <clears throat> probably be such a trip for people who uh, played under him, you know, to be to be coached by him. So that makes sense. But um, yeah. So anyway, it was good. Um, you know, the a good rise. Fall and you know it was somewhat of a stabilization. I wish I wish it did more. Um, you know, from two thousand four. You know, obviously it was made before his death, but you know, right when the documentary was made, I would love to have seen the post more of the post um, soccer career and you know just how he handled things and how he handled the spotlight. And I don't believe it. He the he was really out of the spotlight that much, but it w- that would have been an interesting dynamic to compare him to, you know, at his peak as a player to where he was um, as a person, uh, you know, from the 1980s into, until, until, you know, a year or two ago. So, but uh, yeah, so overall it was uh, a good documentary. Again, less of an infomercial uh, and more of a tale of someone's life and for, I am not interested in soccer whatsoever. I am interested in the human condition, and, and this was able to, um, you know, and this was um, able to weave, you know, the, the drama of, of life into, um, you know, for lack of a better, better term, a story that, um, that documentaries have. So overall, very good. So, and it was a unique way. Uh, I don't really do podcast and reviews this way where I'm, you know, I'm kind of reviewing it as I'm watching it, but hey, why not? This was fun and this was different. So, um, so that is it. Um, if you want more fun and different, you could, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast and you can find me on Twitter at MMAM podcast. You can find me on Facebook at MMAM podcast. Please rate and review and share. And um, if you want to email me, I'm at mmampodcast at gmail.com. So, um, and as always, 
We were in a pandemic. I finished watching this documentary. It took a while for me to watch it because so many things were, were going on, and I was watching it while uh, reviewing it while I was watching it. So it took a while. But this is February fifteenth, twenty twenty one. It's I had a day off today from work, so I'm using my time wisely because I have nothing else to do. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah. So anyway, we we're still in a pandemic. Um, like I said, the virus, the viruses. Oh my god, the vaccines are coming. Uh, people I know are getting them, uh, which is great. My family or some members of my family have gotten them already, which is wonderful. You know, I'm on a, a the long end of a, of a wait list, but um, I'm happy that people are getting them. I'll get mine eventually. In the meantime, I'm staying safe. I am uh, not going out. I'm only going out when essential. I am um, wearing a mask. I am practicing social distancing, um, even with people in my my own house. I don't see them. Um, I am, you know, washing my hands. I am getting my information from credible sources, such as New York Times, Washington Post, USA Today, um, BBC, NPR. These are good, credible sources um, that aren't driven by influencers or opinion makers, people with an agenda, people who want to sow chaos. It's it's to keep us informed, and knowledge is power, and that's how we're going to get through this, and not only the pandemic, but through other challenges that we may face. So, so hang in there, everybody. Be good, and um, until next time, take care of each other, too, and take care of yourself. All right. Bye.